Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Good morning or evening, everybody, wherever in the world you are. Thank you for the continued listen and support of this endeavor. It is another sensational Sunday where we try to bring you God's Word. I'm trusting that some of you in other parts of the world who listen have already finished their jaunt towards God's house, if allowed in your respective locales, or you were able to at least worship virtually. For those of us that have been going to church in the latter part of May, taking the necessary precautions, I am excited to be back in God's house this week. Last week and the leading up to today, we covered a list of things that we called our greatest series. Again, tongue-in-cheek, these are my greatest, not necessarily your greatest. It's early in the morning on Sunday, so please bear with me as I unpack your greatest victory. This, of course, comes on the heels of the greatest influence, greatest friendship, greatest discipline, and greatest strength. If you have not listened to those, I encourage you to go back, play those podcasts, and thank you once again for the support you have given us and the messages that come to us saying that these messages are indeed encouraging to you. So what is your greatest victory? I positioned it as your greatest victory, but I guess the journey will mostly be my greatest victory. Before we can go on, let's look at the definition of victory as was uh, available online in the Webster Dictionary, I guess. But it says the overcoming of an enemy or antagonist. The second was achievement of mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds or difficulties. We are in some unprecedented times. Our antagonist right now through this pandemic is unknown. This virus is an unseen commodity. How do we then overcome it? How do we achieve mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor where entire nations are shut down and shutting down again? Where do we get our hope from in these times of doubt? Where do we get our strength from in these times of despair? Scripture gives us the answers, and as it is Sunday, and I will always try to err on the side of Holy Writ, or actually lean on Holy Writ, you don't need to err on Holy Writ. But Jeremiah 33.3, my catch verse when I first became a baby Christian was given to me by a friend who said, it will comfort me in my times of darkness, it will illuminate me as a point of light, it will show the way as a point of strength, and it will un back for me the things I need. Now, Jeremiah, of course, a lamenting prophet who lamented for a nation for 40 years by modern benchmarking standards would have been considered a colossal failure as no one turned. Here was a man who saw the early exiles go. He was there when they came back and he cried out to God. And that was his journey. He was called a lamenting prophet. But in 33.3, God says to Jeremiah, the lamenting prophet who had cried for a nation, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Let me repeat that. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 is the one that we have gone to about the steadfastness about the one we call to. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. 
So there are two things that I want us to anchor on today. One, there is an immovable God, a God who existed before time, a God who exists during our time, and a God who will come to change time. He operates outside the dimension of time, which means you do not worship a linear God, you worship an omnipresent God. This God is saying, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you cannot know or do not know. Depending on which version you use, it is fascinating to understand what this scripture is saying. It's saying outside the realm of your imagination, outside the realm of your discovery, outside the realm of your knowledge, outside the realm of your thought process begins the providence of God. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Which means the God of the universe, who in Hebrews is saying is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And in the great hall of faith, we have seen all the people in Hebrews who by faith did very many things. We are now positioned to ask ourselves this very simple question. Is there someone out there in this time that can be our greatest victory? Is there someone in this time who's an omnipresent being who he himself says to us, call to me and I will answer you. But the things I will show you are unsearchable. They are unknowable, which means the depth of your human knowledge, the extent of your human understanding will come short of the providence of God. Outside the realm of your imagination, outside the realm of your thought, our despairs have a limit, our obstacles have a limit, our hopes have a limit, our dreams have a limit, but outside all of that begins the providence of God because he's going to show us something. Our greatest victory is in him. But like always, I'm going to try to put together about three or four points and try to give you some backdrop for each of them. And maybe today being a Sunday when we are all supposed to be in God's house, at least those of us that believe in this God, this immovable, this unsearchable things that he is offering us, this God who says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, this God who's telling us, call unto me and I will answer you. God giving you a personal proclamation, God giving you a personal invitation, God establishing a pivotal position. First, we are required to have belief in his name. That's your greatest victory. A name above all names, the sweet name that is given to us in Holy Writ, a name above all names. He says, call unto me, call unto this name. That is your greatest victory. Many of you know my journey. My testimony is public. It's available on multiple channels. I've taken flag from those that thought that I sold out to the West, and I also took flag from the evangelical community who told me that I was not sold out enough. So somewhere between the reputation of crossing the, straddling the line between secular and sacred of having had a corporate identity and also having a ministerial identity, I have taken hits from both sides. But when I tell people and they ask me, I said, I'm an old fashioned tent maker like the apostles of old. I just go make my tents by day and preach by night. I sell my tents by day and preach by night. Now the word apostle is not loosely used here where I'm not claiming the name of an apostle, I'm claiming the name of Jesus. Um, Modern day, I have different takes on whether one can call themselves that or not, but we'll leave that for another discussion and maybe theologians can better answer that. But go back to belief in his name. I remember as a person who had married for a fifth or sixth generation Christian, my bride, 
and uh, my mother-in-law had prayed for me for seven years diligently at that point. We were at the crossroads. We were unequally yoked when we got married. She called to his name and she had a very simple prayer. My mother-in-law wanted me to give up my identity of chasing the mighty fortune that would have given me a name in the West, come back to the land of my birth as an evangel for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So her prayer was not just for her daughter's satisfaction in a temporal way by simply saying, if my daughter's husband became a Christian, at least their family will be unified in faith. But my mother-in-law had a greater purpose for that. She called to the name of Christ and said, Lord, you have never disappointed me. Today we give our daughter to a person who doesn't believe you. We hope that your will will be manifested, but we want you to make to reveal yourself to him in such a profound way that he will believe in your name. So in October of 1993, along with my boy, I had the privilege of being baptized. And that is when I called his name. I believed in his name. I believed my identity would forever change. I believed like the prophet was told of all, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things. From that day in 1993, when I committed myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, when I committed myself to being a follower of the carpenter from Galilee, of the man from Nazareth, when I decided to put my trust in someone who was God, who was man, and who was spirit, a unity, a triunity that would forever exist before time, that had existed during our time, would never leave me during my time, and would come back to cement time. Call unto me. And I did call unto him. I would encourage you if you're in times of doubt, if you're in times of helplessness, if you're in times of haplessness, if you're in times of hopelessness, call unto him. Believe in his name. The second, that once I called unto his name, I remember turning to my mother-in-law and saying, can I be baptized too? Baptized in his name. It's like the story of Philip with the Ethiopian when he ran alongside his chariot and explained to him the merits of this Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch who had been defiled according to the laws of Leviticus would have only received the scrolls in the marketplace because of his physical uh, uh, appearance would not have been allowed into the temple. And to him, Philip, who had already seen the resurrection, is now running alongside and explaining the name when the Ethiopian asks him, who is this suffering servant I read about in the scroll that looks like it's from Isaiah, as Philip explains to him? The suffering servant who will come to save the world. The lion who will bear, our stri who will bear the stripes and the scars of humanity. Who will bear the scars of humanity. Philip, who had seen the person, instead talked to him about the reputation and the Ethiopian eunuch simply asked, can I too be baptized? And they went down into the water call to his name. Things will happen that will begin to change, that will begin to manifest. That indwelling is the greatest real estate transaction of all. When he moves into your heart because you called his name, something will happen. A great victory will begin to be born. Let's go back to the definition of victory. The overcoming of an enemy or antagonist. The achievement of mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds or difficulties. So whatever you're going through, call to his name. Second, correspond because he came. Once you call to his name and you accept him and the indwelling, your correspondence and your coherence has to begin to change because you accepted his name. You now have to understand that he came to you. You called unto his name and in answer, he came. 
I remember January 1 of 2006, I was riding now the heights of corporate glory. I had become a vice president of global operations for the legendary Zig Ziglar, a man who was instrumental in finishing that journey when I called the name, a man who had witnessed to me personally by revealing this name, but in whose name I was entrenched, even though he followed this God and made no bones about it, I was caught up in my earthly identity that came as a result of that heavenly deliverance. The corner office was appealing. The fact that I had reputation on earth was appealing. The fact that people were calling me so that my discourses and my messages and my speeches were being received well. The calendar was filling up. My name was being glorified, but God said, call unto me. It's his name. We call on the holy name of Jesus. And when he called, he came. And because he came, I now had to correspond. I remember that day as if it was yesterday. I'm sitting at my desk. I have now arrived. I have reached the things I had aspired to. I had accomplished the things I had set out to do. And as a result of it, society was now reacting to me because they had to. And the word of God on my heart was as serious as I'm talking to you here this dark Sunday morning. Dark outside, light inside. Dark outside the house, light inside the heart. When he said, I made you famous, now it's my turn. And I went in and resigned. My ego believed that they would reject my resignation, but I would have answered the call of God. My ego did not prepare me for what was about to happen. My societal imbalance was just that. I'd go in and tell them I'd resign, but I held a busy position. I had written a book now. The corporation was making money off me. Would they in a million years just let me go? (laughs) Believe it or not, they did. And when they did, suddenly the fear began. The God of the mountaintop, would he also be the God of the valley? Because I called on his name, because I have decided that he has now said, because you called my name, I came. Because I made you famous, now it's my turn. Comes the next part. Change to never be the same. Call to his name, correspond because he came, now change to never be the same. From that day forward, life changed. From 2006, I became a wandering generality, even though Mr. Ziegler's catchphrase was, you have to move from a wandering generality to a meaningful specific. But my meaningful specific, I was tied up into my earthly identity. Many of you who are listening to this are tied up to your earthly identity. Your fears are manifested by the fact that it is all dental benefit and mental benefit. You want to serve God, but you want the guarantee of making sure you have a paycheck that can pay the bills. Maybe you're living too large. Maybe you're dreaming too small. I don't know the answer to that. But from 2006, my wife and I made a decision. When we would come to the end of our financial rope, we would tie a knot and hang on. They have been valleys of despair, my friends. They have been days when I've cried out to God, wondering if we would make the next paycheck, if we would have the next payroll. Our our goals have uh, diminished in terms of the things we wanted to do, but our goals manifested and amplified because in whose name we wanted to do it. We became sold out as people who would constantly live for the glory of this Christ. We called to his name. We corresponded because he came and we changed to never be the same. A quick uh, trip through my mom's funeral. Many of you have heard this testimony, but I think it bears continuity here. I gave up my identity to follow this Christ, 
The identity I now embraced was rejected by some who believed that I had sold out to the West. It was embraced by those who thought I was courageous. It was considered foolish by those who said, why would you walk away from an executive position when you had the guarantee every month? And now I suddenly realized what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Many of those in the early days who took on this mantle, who accepted this call, who went into the wilderness to proclaim far and wide met gruesome deaths. I'm not talking about material, I'm not talking about physical extinguishing, which is all we worry about here. I'm talking about material liquidation. I'm talking about a vagabond identity. I'm talking about a marriage that now will be strained and tested because you would no longer be around. I'm talking about children that may go wayward as they will when the parental influences begin to change. And the, the heartaches that come along the way are just that, the heartaches that will come in a temporal way. But God in his promise said, seek unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. All the pain you experience, all the peril you bef that befalls you is because of things that you can search for and find. But the providence of God, the manifest destiny when he is saying, claim me, name me, and you will never be the same, are things that are unsearchable. There I was in India when my mother passed away. There I was amidst the grief. My mother had probably never embraced this Christ in the unequivocal way that I do or was never open about it. I don't know the answer to this. But Holy Writ is very clear when it says that when you proclaim me, when you announce that you are now my follower, you have to do it in public. And if you do that in public, I will defend you in front of the Father. So to the best of my knowledge, my mother had never done that in public. But she believed in her own God. She had satisfaction in that belief. And that was her right because it is ultimately free will. But not going back to the comfort of the house or the familiarity of where grief would now rear its ugly head. I stayed one night extra in the club, pretty close to the hospital where my dad had gotten me a room. And as I lay there in bed, I thought to myself, I called his name and he came. When he came, he changed me to never be the same. I have lived a life worthy of the calling, I think, as Ephesians calls me to do. I have become a follower of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This, in turn, is my greatest victory. He has shown me unsearchable things. And as has writ has promised, he has remained the same throughout all of this. But if I participate in my mother's funeral, in rituals and traditions that I've long ago abdicated, I would do two things. I would blaspheme the name of the God who says, I am the Lord your God. No man comes to the Father except through me. He is a man who claimed to be the Son of God. I am who I am, said he. And on the other side were the pantheon of belief. They were the multitude gods. They were, they were different in their manifestation. They were different in their requirement. When you called on them, they came for different purposes. One was cried on to come to give you education. Another was cried on to come to give you wealth. And that was the environment I grew up in. And that was the environment my mother subscribed to and believed till the day she died. This would be a confluence of names whose name would be glorified, whose name would be called, whose name could stand against the name above all names when we said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you cannot know. I had to look at my father who was in the throes of devastating grief. I had to look at my brother who had flown in and uh, made it that last day. I had to look at both of these people and tell them, tomorrow when mom's funeral rites begin, I cannot participate. 
I am a follower of the carpenter from Galilee. I am a follower of the man from Nazareth. I have called his name. He is my God. He is my greatest victory. I cannot participate in this funeral. I cannot blaspheme his name because he came, but I cannot blaspheme mom's name because she believed something else. And they said, so be it. My brother conducted all the rites. He did it as a dutiful, obedient son. He went through every ritual from the ceremonial bat to the tonsuring of the head. My father stood there in amidst absolute grief, one son on the other side of line of holy piety, and one side the rituals taking place. A couple of minutes before they began, my father walked up to me and said these words that forever changed my life and hope will impact yours. He said, before we do anything to your mother in the name of our gods, would you mind praying over her in the name of yours and maybe for the first time in human history? A resurrection prayer was prayed at a place that did not believe him. I don't know if God heard my prayer. I don't know if he answered my prayer. But because I promised to change, to never be the same, I claim my greatest victory. And my Lord came through for me. He did not distance me from my mother at that time of her farewell journey, wherever she was going. But he allowed me to proclaim his name all the same. And here's the prayer I prayed. Lord Jesus, you are the Lord of Lazarus, the twice dead friend of Jesus. If there is a resurrection power still left in you, you're the only one who will answer to the name in the wilderness. You are my greatest victory. So I cry out to you, if there is still hope, rescue my mama. If not, your will, not mine be done. But these two I'm holding need to know that I am serious about your name and I know you came. You are my greatest victory. Now, my brother and father, if they listen to this, may not remember that moment because we were all numb with grief. But I do remember it as if it happened yesterday, as if it happened this morning. And lastly, conduct always for his name, for his fame. So call to his name, correspond because he came, change to never be the same, and conduct always for his fame. Or make sure you have conduct always for his fame. Either way you use the inflection, that statement will work. Conduct is how you conduct yourself. Conduct is the character that others see. And one quick story, this podcast has gone a little longer than it normally should, but hopefully it'll bless you this Holy Sunday. I was invited to speak at a seminar in Toronto and I agreed because this was my dream. God had finally answered. This promoter called, said you come highly recognized and reputed. We know your fees. We will wire it to you. Just send us a contract. And the only thing we need to know on this call is, are you available on this day? And I knew I was available on that day. The next day I had to fly to another city to do a seminar on ethics. So I said, yeah, as long as you put me up in the morning, I think there's an afternoon flight from your place to, my, to this other place and we should be good. As we hung up, I could feel the the, the shake in my body as I quickly realized that this was the sweetest call I'd ever received in almost 30 years as a public communicator. Someone calling saying, not only do we want to know if you're available, but if you're available, we want to accept you. We don't want to argue with you on what your fee is. We already know that. If it has changed, please intimate that. But just send the contract if you're available and the bank wire instruction. The contract was approved within about an hour and they said they would wire the money the next day. When I put my head on the pillow that night, I put my head on the pillow that night with great exhilaration because my name had been glorified. They called for Krish Dunham. But then the word of God began to sting. He says, when you wanted a reputation, when you wanted fame, when you wanted all of the things that you are so bombastically talking about right now, you called unto me and I came. You promised you would never be the same. Now when it's time to defend my fame, 
You just put your name on a piece of paper. And I know I'm rhyming, but I want you to go back and listen to this. This is profound stuff. I was restless all night. Many people have asked me this question. He said, what's the difference between talent and strength? I said, talent is from God. Strength is manifested from man. I said, if you are wrestling at night and trying to tell God to change his mind, it is because you're worried about your strength. You're worried about your man-made position. If it is from God and you subscribe that it is from God and you acknowledge that it is from God and that you, in your action you will glorify God, you will sleep peacefully. Next morning, I called the promoters and told them I couldn't make that event. And I'm sure glad I did because they were questionable dealings that eventually evolved as being affiliated with them. And I don't know what face I would have had the next day at an ethics seminar if I talked about the integrity of following a man and not following the God. So I'll close with this. Call to his name. Correspond because he came. Change to never be the same and conduct always for his fame or have conduct always for his fame. Until next time, this has been another episode of Purpose and Productivity, your greatest victory. God bless you today and in all the days of your life. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.